It's the SFL Nights with It's the SFL Nights with With AJ Stryker With AJ Stryker It's the SFL Nights with It's the SFL Nights with With AJ Stryker With AJ Stryker uh, Ashley Jackson about the action SFL news, come and join with interaction Whatever happens, happens Yeah, you will leave with satisfaction Yeah, tell your team and tell your captain Come and tune in, new episodes weekly You can tune in from your room in afternoons And when the moon hits, it's unique It's the SFL Nights with It's the SFL Nights with with AJ Striker, with AJ Striker, is the SFL Nights. What's up, SFL Nation? And welcome back to SFL Nights with AJ Striker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decided to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. I really appreciate it, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in, even though it's the you know the holiday season. Hopefully, you had a great time with your family, your friends. Hopefully, you ate very well. Um, if you celebrated, if you don't, you know, still I'm glad that you decided to click that play button. I have a fantastic show planned for you tonight. Um, first off, we're gonna go over some SFLM action. The S- the rookies hit the field again and they put on a show can't wait to bring that to you um with some rookie shout outs of course for those that did not make the player of the week you still did a great job i still want to give you some kudos for the job that you did do and then i have my sfl chat around the water cooler explaining some of the new things that are coming down the pipeline from scheduling to different things that we have coming up Then I have my fourth and goal interviews with owner of the Houston Hyenas and Hall of Fame wide receiver, Mr. Damon Simeons and commissioner and chief Cameron Irvine is joining me tonight, going over some off-season things he got going on. We're going to be discussing his wedding. We're going to be discussing how how he felt about season 17 as a whole, things that he feels like we can improve on. All of that good stuff coming up right here. But first, SFLM Action actually was on Saturday, and it will be on Saturday for um, this coming week as well, um, due to wedding plans and you know things kind of getting back, falling back into line schedule. Um, it's going to be on Saturdays for the next, I believe, just this Saturday, if I remember correctly. But we'll go over that in a minute. Um, but anyway, great games. There were some rookies that really outdid themselves on the field. I guess being off the field for a little bit, you know, kind of gave them that extra little oomph they needed to do fantastic. And here are the results from those games. The Lexington Miners took on the San Jose flight and the flight won 24 to 10. The Miners had 155 yards passing, 43 yards rushing for 198 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes, 55 seconds, with three turnovers. San Jose had 160 yards passing, 82 yards rushing for 242 yards total. Their time of possession was 23 minutes, 5 seconds, with two mistakes. So Lexington scored 10 points in the second quarter. 
And San Jose scored seven points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second quarter, and seven points in the third quarter to end the game. And player of the game was halfback Josh Slap. With 28 attempts, 83 yards, one touchdown, four reception yards, and one reception touchdown. All right, Josh, out there getting busy. See, see what I mean? Next up, we had the Annapolis Navigators taking on the Tacoma Grizzlies, where Annapolis won in a big way, 48 to 14. Annapolis had 177 yards rushing, but 400 and 17 yards total, 594 total yards. Time of possession was 23 minutes and 30 seconds with no mistakes. Tacoma had 204 yards passing, 87 yards rushing for 291 yards total. Time of possession was 20 minutes, 30 seconds with only one mistake. In this game, Annapolis had 21 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second and third quarters, and they also scored seven points in the fourth, where Tacoma only scored seven points in both the first and second quarters. Player of the game was running back Randy Square Bush. 21 attempts, 417 yards, four touchdowns, 74 reception yards, and one reception touchdown. So five touchdowns 417 yards randy showed out man keep doing it next up we had the memphis river runners taking on the ottawa calvary where the river runners won 20 to 14. memphis had 295 yards passing 115 yards rushing for 410 yards total time of possession was 23 minutes and 32 seconds with three turnovers Ottawa at 213 yards passing, 32 yards rushing for 245 yards total. Time of possession was 20 minutes, 21 seconds with two mistakes. In this Memphis game, uh, Memphis scored 14 points in the first quarter, six points in the second quarter, while Ottawa scored all of their 14 points in the fourth quarter. Player of the game was... G.P. Wells, halfback, 14 attempts, 120 yards, one touchdown, and 80 reception yards. Another underrated player, if I may say so, but congratulations. Finally, we have Madison Lynx taking on the Salt Lake City Wrestlers, where Madison won 10-6. to six. Madison had 200, at 200 yards passing, 33 yards rushing. Well, 233 yards total. The time of possession was 25 minutes, 19 seconds with two mistakes. Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Salt Lake had 163 yards passing, 28 yards rushing for 191 yards total. They held the ball for 17 minutes and 48 seconds with only one mistake. And for this game, Madison scored two Madison scored three points in the second quarter and seven points in the third quarter, while Salt Lake scored three points in the first and three points in the fourth quarters only. Player of the game was quarterback Xander Moon. 25 completions out of 40 attempts, 200 yards, one touchdown, and a quarterback rating of 83.5. Three. So congratulations to all of the winners. Back to the drawing board for all of the ones that have areas of opportunity to grow. And I wish all the best of luck next week. All right. Now, rookie shout outs. 
Love doing this. Um, again, are for players that did not receive player of the game, but still made an impact in their game, whether they won or lost. And I'm trying to make sure everybody gets a little bit of shine there. So for the Annapolis Navigators, on the offensive side of things, quarterback Gene Struthers with 27 completions out of 34 attempts, 177 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 79.41. Wide receiver Nick Lockett, eight receptions, 50 yards, one touchdown, 13 long on defense. Yambe Adams, linebacker, with six tackles, three assists, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. Cornerback Stuart Zomella with one pass deflection and one interception. And linebacker Tazzy Blackwell with five tackles, three assists, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. For Tacoma, offense, running back Brad Jones, 26 complete, uh, excuse me, 26 carries, 87 yards, one touchdown, and set, uh, 12 long. Wide receiver Shane Kaufman with three receptions, 81 yards, one reception touchdown. He also at 68 long and averaged 27 yards per reception. On defense, cornerback Mark Kaufman, six receptions and one pass deflection. Strong safety, Frank Bernstein, with five tackles, three assists, one tackle for loss, and two pass deflections. Strong safety, Kali Blow, with six tackles and one assist. For Lexington, on the offensive side of ball, we have wide receiver David Gears with four receptions, 48 yards, one touchdown, and 20 long. And on defense, Travis Arthur, free safety, with six tackles, one assist, one pass deflection, one interception for 11 yards and 11 long. Actually, he had two pass deflections and um, one interception for 11 yards. And then strong safety, Isabella Blackwell with six tackles, two assists, two pass deflections and one interception as well. Then cornerback Ty Woodson had six tackles, one assist, one pass deflection. For San Jose, on the offensive side of the ball, we have wide receiver Logan Strange with eight receptions for 111 yards and two, 28 long. And for defense, defensive tackle Buster Johnson with three tackles, three assists, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Free safety, Sam Blotner with five tackles, two tackles for loss, two interceptions, and 16 yards. And strong safety, Brian James, with seven tackles, two assists, and one tackle for loss. Madison, offense, wide receiver Charlie Baker, with eight receptions for 106 yards and 23 long. Um, on defense, linebacker Nathaniel Diggs, with seven tackles, one assist, and one pass deflection. Strong safety, Adrian Blaine, with four tackles, one assist, one tackle for loss. One interception for 24 yards, 24 long. And defensive end, Robert Cherry. Three tackles, three assists, two sacks, two tackles, and one pass deflection. For Salt Lake, offense, wide receiver, Lottie Lou with eight receptions, 60 yards, and four, 14 long. Defense, Linebacker Bogey Barr with six tackles, one assist, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Linebacker Golden Dino with eight receptions, two assists, two tackles for loss, and one pass deflection. And defensive end 
Sam Jagger with one sack. Memphis offense. Wide receiver Israel Adams with eight receptions, 126 yards, one touchdown, 58 long, 15 yards per reception. And on defense, cornerback Laquan Smith, four tackles, one assist, one pass deflection, and one interception. Linebacker Matt Anderson, seven tackles, four assists, two pass deflections, one interception for 11 yards. And linebacker Saeed Gore, eight tackles. And for Ottawa, offense, tight end Dusty Rourke with four receptions, 71 yards, one reception touchdown, 51, I'm sorry, 52 long, averaging 70, 17 yards per reception. And then on the defensive side of the ball, linebacker Declan, Declan Oruk with eight tackles, one assist, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection, and one interception. Strong safety, Josh Neal, Josh Neal, excuse me, with five tackles, one assist, and one interception. Then we have cornerback Amir Bryant, Amar Bryant, I should say, with five tackles, two tackles for loss, one pass deflection, one interception for 67 yards, and a touchdown. So nine times out of 10, I didn't get a chance to see that game in particular, but I bet you it was a pick six. Congratulations on that first one, man. That is awesome. Congratulations to everybody again. You made that list. You know, you did a good job. I want to make sure you get the kudos for the job that you did do. Week six action will be on the 27th. I'm sorry, Saturday, the 26th. Excuse me. Um, and it's going to be, of course, fantastic games to watch. I don't have the actual times for the games as of yet. The graphic is not available to me right now. Um, but I do know that the games will start. It's One game will be at 7 p.m. One will be at 7.20. And then they start again at 9 o'clock p.m. and 9.20. And these will be the teams that will be participating. The San Jose Flight will be taking on the Annapolis Navigators. The Lexington Miners will be taking on the Boise Mud Dogs. The Tacoma Grizzlies will be taking on the Madison Lynx. And the Salt Lake City Rustlers will be taking on the Memphis River Runners. So definitely looking forward to these matchups to see what we got. Will Boise win their first game against the Lexington Miners? Don't know, but you got to tune in to find out on SFL's YouTube channels. All right. And I'll leave that link in the description for you. All right. So sliding on to SFL chat around the water cooler, I have some dates that I would like to announce for everyone that has not gotten a chance to visit our website, which is www.simulationfl.net. You can actually look up the information that I am speaking of, um, that I'm referring to right now, and that I'm referring to within my interviews, especially with Cam. All right. So complete fall and winter 2021 off-season calendar. Sorted by date and event. Now, I'm going to omit the SFLM um, date because we're going to be going over that every week anyway. So we're going to keep you up to date with that. But we have owners meeting calls on Sunday where they will be discussing ballots. I believe that maybe 
um, for Hall of Fame. I'm not quite sure. Maybe some other off-season things that they have to take care of, but that will be happening on November 28th. Um, the SFL Honors Voting will commence Tuesday through Thursday, November 30th through December the 2nd. And then we have SFLM Honors Programming, as well as our style All-Star Game Rosters Reveal on Saturday, December the 4th. Resigning period will be Monday, December the 6th. Resigning, cap, uh, re-signing recap show will be on Sunday, December the 12th. Free agency period, Monday, December the 13th, as well as the free agency show. Schedule release will be on Thursday, December the 16th. Uh, we also have the SFLM All-Star Game happening on Saturday, December the 18th. The SFLM semifinals will be on December the 22nd. And the SFLM championship will be on December the 29th. No turnaround time for you guys, huh? <laughs> no time to rest. And then the rookie draft will be on thir- well, Thursday through Saturday, December 30th through January 1st. Rosters will lock on Tuesday, January 4th, and playbooks are due by Saturday, January the 8th. So this season is going to swing around here very fast. These are all the things that are going to be coming up through the pipeline, of course. Join our Discord if you want more information. We got it for you, all right? Now, on to my fourth and goal interviews with Mr. Demond Simeons and Mr. Cameron Irvine. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned. What is up, SFL Nation? And welcome back to one of my fourth and goal interviews for the evening. Tonight's guest is Mr. Demond Simeons, owner and wide receiver for the Houston Hyenas. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's up, H-Town? What it do? (laughs) (laughs) How about them Braves, though? Hey, hey, I have to give much respect for the Braves as far as what they did mid mid season. I know this is a football conversation, but what the Atlanta Braves did mid season basically restructuring their entire outfield with hitters, you know, and, and guys who had high percentage, you know, uh, slugging percentage and on base percentage, stuff like that. Man, that what's the guy named Solar or whatever? The black guy is Solar number 12. Um, I think that's his name. I want to say, no, it's he, Akuna. He, uh, no, not him. The, but the Braves got that guy from, from I think, from the Royals. Okay. Uh, the black guy. I'm about. The one who kept hitting all the damn home runs. <laughs> he was getting on my nerves. But I must give credit with credit as dude. That guy there can play some baseball. You know, I mean, kudos to him. Kudos to the Braves organization for what they did, man. That was just outstanding front office uh, um, stuff that they did as far as restructuring that entire outfield to bring in guys who can hit and get get on base and Man. what was it? And uh, we had some, we had a series of unfortunate events that happened too. Losing the best player, you know, starting mm-hmm. the whole season off with, and then the start of the whole championship. You lose your one, your starting pitcher. As soon as I saw it, I was like, you know what? Here we go with this stuff. But then you know, <laughs> it happened, you know. So. Put yeah, out to them yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they put they put on a, a, a phenomenal show in Game Six of the World Series. Mm. So, mm, mm, congratulations, mm. Atlanta Braves! You are once again the MLB World Series champions. <laughs> it only took the last time years, they won. But... 
No, I know it was like it was like nineteen ninety five last time they won. Right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, man. I just show you how how hard it is to get to the big dance and 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 and, and pro sports or well, any sport. Period. You know. Exactly. Uh, it, you know, like like just a few minutes ago before I came on this call, my wife, uh, one of her her old coworkers, um, his his son is is playing in in his youth league Super Bowl. You know, so. I was like, man, I can't wait to DJ get older so we can go and play in some stupid balls, you know? And uh, I used to coach youth football. Uh, really? Yeah, I used to coach youth football for about 20 years ago. I think 2001 or 2000 was like my last year coaching. Um, kind of got out, got out of it due to the relationship I was in. That individual at the time was, you know, a, a real jealous person and thinking that all coaches want to sleep with the kids' moms, you know? So uh, that's, that's a totally different story. We're, we're you don't need that. that. But yeah, I'm going to talk to you about that one. I was like, what else could you be doing? You might dealing with these kids. That's the last thing. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> But man, speaking of sports and how, you know, things can kind of take a turn and, and, and just, it just depends on um, what happens during your particular season. Let's talk about the Houston Hyenas mm-hmm. for a minute. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> so y'all ended the season five and seven. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious to know from your perspective, how did you, how did you feel about your season? And what are some improvements that you would like to see made in order to perhaps go up to that seven, you know, that get seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, things like that? Yeah, the uh, how I feel about the season. To answer that question there first is uh, I'm going to say disappointing. Uh, reason being because I really felt that we had a, a, a great group where that we could make a run into the playoffs. You know, we started off the season hot, three and zero. You know, uh, one point in time we had we held the number one defense um, in the league, only giving up I think it was like 13, 12 points or so at the time we were only giving up. And and this is with with six rookies on the defensive side of the ball. So that's crazy. That's extremely crazy. You know, I mean that's kudos to to, yeah. to the defense. You know, and then uh, game four we came across you know. A surprising heavy hitter, hit, hitter, which was the Queen City Corsairs, and you know that's when our losing streak started. Where we went on a five-game losing streak, and uh, that basically hurt us right there. You know, we was I was doing everything I could to get the, the, the team back on track, but you know it's just I think that the other op- opponents, you know, basically figured us out and was able, you know, to. You know, take advantage of the defense of those rookies that was that was on that side of the ball, but uh, yeah, like I stated, I felt that we had a really great group of guys on the defensive side, whether they was rookies or not. You know, um, our secondary was really uh, the, the 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 main core group of the defense. You know, that's what the the veterans were. You know, then and also in the in the linebacker slot, but the defensive line, you know, we had a lot of rookies there. Uh, so, uh, but we had two rookies on the defensive line. We had one rookie at linebacker, and I want to say we had two rookie. No, we had one rookie corner and yeah. one rookie with the slot corner. Wait, wait, no, take that back. We had two rookie corners, mm-hmm. both played in the slot. One played the nickel, and one would come in on third on the on the dime situation. Then we had a rookie free, a strong safety as well. So yeah, uh, but you know. 
I don't know. It's, it, it is what it is. You know, we ended the season at five and seven. Uh, not what we wanted to be. Like I said, we had that five-game losing streak. Uh, but if you go back and look at the losses that we lost, I mean, the, you know, the games that we lost, our largest deficit was only 13 points. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and that says a lot was that it's basically is that we're in ball games. Now, I don't believe in more victories or anything like that, you know, but I feel that it shows that how young the team was, even with a rookie quarterback, you know, we didn't get shut out. Um, we didn't really get blown out at all. You know, it's just that just some things that are, and now also like I at the beginning of the season, I created the offensive playbook for one way. Mm-hmm. And then once we start playing against those those teams, you know, who are a lot stronger than us, uh, like I said, Queen City, uh, Florida, Mexico City, um, who else we lost to? We lost to Carolina or so. Um, can't remember another one we lost to, but oh, Lone Star. Those teams that we, I basically start gearing the playbook to more of, 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 of where we've become more explosive instead of just the, the, the way I had the playbook in the first three games of the season, you know? So, um, so anytime you mess with the playbook, it's always some tweaking and dealing. You, you remove one play, you can mess up the entire playbook. You know, that's why uh, running Sims all throughout the week really matters because if you're not running your Sims, you're really not going to see what your offense is, is capable of doing or even what it will do once you make those adjustments, you know? So, so that's that. I'm sorry. What was your second part of that question? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I almost forgot. <laughs> no, it was more so like, um, what are you, what improvements do you want to make? in order for you to gather more wins than losses. Right, 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 right. Well, improvements basically uh, strengthen that defensive line. Mm -hmm. That's where where the improvements is most definitely gonna have to come in. We did not get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, if you ask me. Um, I've said it before um, in the middle of the season, well, after the season was over with that, I I believe that our defensive line was our weakest link of the defense. And and that's not throwing shade at the the players or the defensive line at all. It's just that we had two rookies there and we had one veteran player. So we had two defensive ends. One was a rookie. Uh, and we only had one defensive tackle. We didn't have a, a, a chain link of four guys on that DN. So, you know, you got two rookies and then you got a generic or non-contract player there as well on the D-line, right? So, uh, and, and what I mean that the improvement comes in is that we've brought in a defensive tackle to basically help strengthen that defensive uh, defensive line. Um, also, um, I'm, I moved um, Alex Perez from linebacker to defensive end, because uh, one of our defensive ends, um, <clears throat> when we asked him, would he be coming back? He said, well, let me think about it. Right? You know, decided to take too long. So I can't sit here and, and, and wait on you because I got to, I, I have to do what's best for the team, just as well as you as a player has to do what's best for you and your player, you know? So I'm, I'm, you're up in the air about if you're going to retire or if you're going to come back or if you're going to test for agency. Well, I gotta, I gotta keep things moving, you know. And the, the, and once I, once I, once I allow the train to stop, I'm going to lose out on talent somewhere else, you know. So, so that's basically, you know, how. Uh, and 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 the reason why I move Alex Perez down to defensive end, um, who which is a great middle linebacker, you know, uh, is because. One, when Alex first started with us, he started off at DM. 
And so we moved him to linebacker. And uh, uh, he had a, he had a great career at linebacker. But I have two individuals that are coming in that are great at the linebacker spot. So I got a little troll coming here. What's up, Pop Pop? <laughs> Say hey, Ashley. Hey, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you. Hey, Ashley. Hi. Get your running back. I see you. Yeah, man. So, like I said, we I moved Perez down to the end because I have two. uh, I'm sorry, we lost Brody Goach as well. Mm. Uh, Why do you throw your pacifier, dude? So we lost Brody. Uh, I'm not sure if Brody's retiring or if he's going into free agency. I haven't heard much um, about it. Uh, he did. He was unsure as far as what he was going to do. But AJ, why you keep throwing your pacifier? You're messing up my interview, son. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. You can edit that part out. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I might not.
Like a lot of other teams. Lost you know, well, I'm, I'm, go I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm okay. When I say lose players, I mean a lot at one yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, because also Mexico City. You know, yeah. um, who's another one? Jacksonville. Before they decided to restructure their team, uh, in, as, as in reference to what they're doing now. Uh, so you know, once you, I feel that. This is my this is my motto here when it comes to progression. Uh, each week, I tell players, "Hey guys, get your progressions in." And I also want you to know this: when you progress your player, not only does your player becomes better, but the entire team becomes better as a whole. Yeah. Ashley, when you when <laughs> when you got guys that are dedicated and loyal to to your organization, you know, and want to stay there and win ball games, you know, it helps out a lot. Like. Uh, Friday night, I was listening to Eddie's show. Was it Friday or Thursday night? Whichever Thursday. Morning. Thursday. I'm, I'm listening to Eddie's show, and he's talking to uh, what was the individual from Baltimore? Uh, uh, Saran. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's talking to Yates, and, 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 and Yates said it there. He's like, dude, he's like, we all love Baltimore. You know, we, 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 we all, we, he said, he said, at the end of the season, we all ask each other, hey, who's going to leave? No one says I'm leaving. You know, it's because they're progressing throughout the season. They're getting better at, as the season goes on, and it's strengthening and strengthening and strong and strengthening their team each and every season because they're not picking up copper players, low bronze players. You know, uh, through the draft, nothing wrong with that at all. You know, if you have to make that that decision to draft a player at that low back, trust me, I've I've done it multiple times. And, and and I'm not saying that I don't want a player that has that value because I've had to do it, you know. It's just that when you keep your team together as a core value, you know, of, of, of being loyal and dedicated and want to win, that's what happens. You know, you, you go deep into the playoffs, as we saw um, Arizona do. You know, you guys got knocked off in the quarterfinals last season, you know. And then this season, you make it all the way to the semifinals. You know, I mean, who knows? You guys may take another leap. You know, and, and make it into that championship game next season. Just so you know, it's, it's 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 just crazy how there's a progression to the progression. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> a great way to put it, though. It's true. And you can clearly yeah. see it. And even in like you were saying with us, season fourteen, only one four mm-hmm. games. You know what I mean? And now yeah. all the way season seventeen, make it into the semis. So, and every year mm-hmm. you get better. So. And that's for anybody yeah. that's listening. Um, any coach, especially if you're new, like people like you and um, Mighty, well, unfortunately, Mighty, um, uh, Eddie, <laughs> all of you that have been in the TJA, TPAT, all of you that have been in the league for a while, you have this mentality as well. You know, it didn't work out this season, but as, I'm not going to stop. But for the newer coaches um, that may not <laughs> have the season that they were hoping for, um, what is some advice that you would give them? And my last question also is what is some advice that you would give to these rookies that are trying to show us why we should draft them? Like, what can they do to 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 stand out? The best thing I can give is the experience that I had with Dave Burr um, to a rookie. You know, mm-hmm. it's draft day. Dave Bird reached out to me and he sent this heartfelt message, basically letting me know why he wants to play for Houston, why Houston should take him. This is a this is a first year minor league player. Right. No one's looking at one year quarterbacks. 
You know, so, right. <laughs> nobody's really, nobody's not looking at one of your quarterbacks, but it's them. It was the message he sent me, and not only was it the message he sent me, it was the conversation we had via the phone call. You know, he made it known that he didn't want to go anywhere else but Houston. This dude lives in Carolina. What what kind of connection do you have with Houston? He said, "Man," he says, "I have I have family and friends that live in Houston. The convention is Houston in Houston. I'm coming down to Houston." He was like, "Why not Houston?" He said, "That's where I feel that I'm supposed to be," you know. And 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 so you know, like I said, we just talked, and the conversation we had it felt so genuine. It felt exciting. It felt that we could. This is where he belonged, you know. And from the time I, when I called him and he answered the phone, it was explosive. It was, hey man, hey, I'm not excited, man. What's going on, dude? <laughs> you know, it, it was that. It, it was it was that. You know, if you want to be somewhere, <laughs> is there a certain team that a rookie wants to go to? Reach out to that organization. Do not be afraid. Just because we're owners or whatever, or we've been around here for a long time, don't feel don't feel that we walk around with our chest sticking out and our head held high, or act like our shit don't stink because it does. You know, I'm just saying here, do not feel that we're gods when we're not. You know, reach out to owners, reach out to general managers, let them know, say, hey, I like what your organization is doing. I feel that I could be an asset to your organization. That word asset is what I use on interviews and it always get me to another interview. Mm-hmm. It's because I say I want to be an asset to your company and not a liability. Why? Because an asset is adding to your organization and not pulling from it like a liability will. That's what you got to do when you're reaching out to these organizations. Let them know how much you want to be a part of this league. You've already you're already here by being in in in, in the minors league. Do you want to go back to the minor league? No. Reaching out to owners, letting them know exactly how you feel about their team. And and trust me, owners talk. Yeah. Don't send the same message to every owner. Send something totally different to each individual. Ask that individual if you can if they can have a conference call with you. Ask them to meet with you. You know, owners are only going to reach out. <clears throat> To players, some owners are only going to reach out to players who they feel that they should draft or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Dave Bird was a one-year player. I could have easily drafted Scar Patterson last yeah. season or Kenny, uh, 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 Johnny Reno. I've talked to both of those guys, you know, but it was just the connection that was made with the connection you. that was there with Dave mm-hmm. Bird, you know, um, and, and that's basically it, you know. So. You, who knows? You may be a, a safety. You may be a one-year safety. Your overall may be like a sixty-something or so, or, or a high sixty or whatever. And you, you never know. Uh, uh, an organization may take a chance on you because they have had a, con- a connection with you via a chat or via a phone call. I'm telling you, I don't bring anybody on my team. I don't have a phone conversation with. Mm-hmm. Reason being is because through text message, I can't read your tone of voice. You can take something that you probably mean you're genuine about it but i can read it but like man what the heck is this fool talking well, you about? got attitude right I guess. <laughs> yeah you know and i think right. like man what's wrong with them <laughs> you know but you probably on the other end you're just calm smiling laughing and going on it's just the way how each individual interprets take things yeah so when you speak with someone i can hear your tone of voice you can hear my tone of voice we're able to have a mutual conversation and understanding and get a good feeling about one another 
And I think that's important for you to be able to communicate. Because I remember one time I thought you, when you were calling one of my games, Mm-hmm. I thought you were being a little bit hard on my team, and then you were like giving a praise <laughs> level. And I was like, "Listen, Demond, <laughs> you know, I, the, the the other Ashley would have just been mad, sitting back, probably held a grudge forever, instead of <laughs> coming to you and just saying, hey, I thought this was um, you were a little bit biased.'" And then you told me mm-hmm. what you were what you were doing, and that you didn't um, you didn't feel that you were. But if you did, I apologize for that. And you do, and you did. You 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 were yeah. better that second. Oh, you know. And so. <laughs> 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 I did. You came started playing better the second half. And you know what, Ashley? It's, it's funny you bring that up. And and, and and I would like to say this: like when we're commentating games, sometimes these games are one sided. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes these games are one-sided and one team is going to get all of the praises because that's just the way how the game is going. And then you you basically, you're building a story, you know? So you got to say something about the team that's not doing so well. Well, hey, I feel that this team got to do this. You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to put it out of you. You know, I feel that you got to do this or whatever. It's just making that, that building that story, making a connection with our audience or so, you know? And then... There's people out there listening that we have no clue who's listening. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know everyone who's 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 watching us on Twitch, on For the Fans, or even on the the, the TV network. You know, For the Fans or Next Level Sports. You know, who's watching at their home? You know, on the Roku TV um, or, or 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 their smart TV or so, because that's the only time you can pick it up if you have a smart TV. Uh, <laughs> for the fans, yeah, so, it's true. You know, we don't know who's who's who's, who's listening. Mm-hmm. who's watching or whatever you know so um and 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 the thing that I, I i i do not do is i do not root for a certain team when i'm broadcasting a game you have to take that mm-hmm. um out of your system before the game starts because if not it's going to show it's going to alienate know? people too and then yeah that that, and that was yeah. just one instance that i had with you but you correct the situation i haven't seen that from you since but since then there are other games that i would watch and it does seem that way so it is good for you to kind of clear that up that it is storyline yeah. it's about building the storylines however yeah and I, I think it also is like a self-check too to when you do feel like or you you do kind of sense from the crowd because some people actually mm-hmm. some some commentators are able to read the chat as they're doing it when you kind of sense yeah. the crowd that maybe I'm a little bit too uh, lenient towards the one, even though that, that the one team is zero to 58, bro. Like, I ain't too much I can say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But and then, absolutely. And then take the take the championship game for for yeah. instance. When 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 I was on the on the, uh, the, the 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 post game, I mean the pregame, the halftime show, and the post game show, mm-hmm. I was watching the comments, and I think it was at halftime. The, the team from Alaska, their players were saying, hey, there's another team in this ball game as well. And and, and the way the storyline was the way the storyline was built is that Baltimore has been so explosive all season long. But that first half of that championship game, we didn't see no explosion from Baltimore, you know? Mm-hmm. And what what happened was that they came out running the ball a lot more than what they normally do. And we were shocked and that's why baltimore was getting spoken about so much because that storyline basically flipped 
Now, we could have praised Florida for what their defense was doing because they got an they got an interception. No, it was a, a fumble on the opening kickoff of the game. They got a fumble there. Then they get in third and long with third and 18. They convert the first down. And on that same play to score a touchdown on it, you know, the next possession from Baltimore, Baltimore fumbles the ball from the fullback, T-Roy Gaines. So Florida has all the momentum right now, you know. So we could have praised, we could have praised Florida. For, and I think we did speak on the things they did. So like I said, when I saw that in the chat, I was like, okay, I got to turn this around. I got to speak about the things that Florida is doing. And I, and, and, and I, I said that. And then you you posted you like Demond comes through with the bailouts, <laughs> but 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 that's right. You know, sometimes we sometimes as as commentators, broadcasters, you know, analysts or so whatever, we 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 do get away from speaking about both teams because of what one team has showed us throughout the season, and then they let me know. Like I say, Baltimore wasn't doing it. I was like. What is going on here? You know, and 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 I stated I was like, maybe Florida is playing Florida's defense. You know, they're playing two high safeties or so, and 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 they're playing those hash marks, and they're not letting anything get behind them. But then in the second half, Baltimore flipped the script. You know, they they went on a nineteen-three run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you <laughs> about that. But before I let you go, um, I did ask you another question. It was kind of mingled in with the rookie question. Um, before okay. then, I want to kind of piggyback off what you were saying as far as not wanting to go back to the uh, minors. Now, in some cases, and I've been trying to tell rookies this too, most there are some. Well, it's some people are not going to get picked up in the draft, point blank. Right. Um, right. It is how you handle that that mm. dictate your your the next go round of you in the SFLM. Oh yeah, I remember that this person reacted like this and when they did get chose. And then what happens if they come on my team and we lose? Are you going to react in that same manner? Are you going to be that belligerent or yeah. that angry things like that? Um I want to yeah. let all the rookies know and I you said that no one wants to really go back to the SFLM, which is true. Most people want to graduate from the minors to get to the majors. But understand mm-hmm. that if you're not able to do that, you have a special advantage in, in the ability to progress your player for eight full weeks. When I started, mm-hmm. we only had one game to showcase, and that was it. If you didn't get it, that yeah. was hey, you didn't get your touchdown, yeah. that was it. <laughs> at least I got eight weeks. And if you look at a player like Randy Squarebush, at even like Charlie <clears throat> Reno. Though they are predominantly the best players in the SFLM now because they went back, because they were able to make mm-hmm. this progression. So if you don't yeah. get chose, it's I mean, it could be heartbreaking, but at the same time, you have a chance to become someone better and you cannot be overlooked. Like Randy Squarebush will not be overlooked. I think he's going to Sioux Falls personally, because if Colin left, he's the only one that is comparable to be able to to replace Colin at a rookie stats from at, at, at for for a rookie with mm-hmm. the stats that he has with the build that he has he's the only one that I can really see sliding over there and Sioux Falls can still be um more productive than they were not saying that Colin was the reason that they failed um but just to have someone because Colin they built their team around Colin and so when he left 
it's like, so what do we do now? We're going to have, if we're going to still keep the same team build and the same way that we play, then we have to have somebody that's comparable to be able to take his place. Yeah. And Randy yeah. Scarebush is the only one that I can see with his build, the experience, him being in there, I think like two or three seasons. So yeah, he's going to mm -hmm. be able to slide in that spot and just and will not skip a beat. But um, now let me let me ask you this here: Doesn't Tulsa need a running back as well? Did Did Sansa Robinson retire? Ooh. Mm. And Sansa Robinson was a power back also. Yeah, if that's the case. See, I didn't I didn't realize that. So if that's the case, it depends on who drafts first. And I think yeah, who falls with drafts <laughs> first. So. No, 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 no. Tulsa, Tulsa has number one pick. Tulsa Ooh. has number one pick. Mm. Two Falls has number two. Mm. So that means either one or two. Oh, that's going to be a nice battle. That's yeah, gonna be I, 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 I'm not sure if Sonzo retired, but I think I've heard, I've saw or heard that somewhere. Mm. Um, I have to go back and check. But I yeah, did, we can I think, check on that. If that's the case, then he might be going to Tulsa. <clears throat> He's going to go either number one or number two, period. Straight, straight up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but it's coaching. What what advice yes. do you want to give to the newer coaches that are out there that have taken over teams that didn't necessarily like um um Charleston? They had a fantastic season, you know. Mm -hmm. They missed the bar by a little bit, you know. So, yeah. what advice do you have to those new coaches and owners, um, so they can further build upon? You have to make it your life. You have you have to make it. It, it has to become a part of you. It's that's that's. It's easy to say, hard to do, especially if you have a family. Take me, for example. During the season, I don't go to bed to 2.30 at night. I work at eight to five every day. <laughs> Although I work from home, you know, I have to clock in at seven o'clock in the morning. Now I'm not going to bed to 2, 2.30. It's because I'm up and I'm, I'm constantly watching Sims. The only Sim that really matters is when Cam hits the start button on his console. But I have to continue to watch Sims on my end because like I stated earlier, when I'm adding plays in, I have to see if this is alternating my playbook. Prime example, um, I'm getting ready for Mexico City, the last game of the season. I added some plays to my playbook. I was like, I feel confident about these plays that I'm gonna add. Now this is like on a Tuesday, Wednesday or so, I add these plays to the playbook and I noticed that we're not moving the ball downfield. Everything that I was expecting to happen was not happy happening. And so I had to remove those plays. And only way I was the only way I was able to identify that is by sitting here and watching multiple Sims throughout the day and throughout the night. You know, so when I say you know say that is that you basically have become you have to make coaching become a part of you. You know, you have to be serious about it. You know, you can't take this lightly, you know, and uh, this, this is, you know, basically same thing. I, 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 when I spoke with Eddie and Eddie informed me that he wanted he's going to take over both offense and defense. I was like, man, it's hard doing both offense and defense. You know, when you was here in Houston, you only just get the defense, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's extremely hard when you're doing both. When you're doing one, you know. I, I, I guess it's a little lenient, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I've only just did one side of the ball. Uh, I want to say going back, well, since season 13, when Eddie was here, I only just did the offense, Eddie did the defense or so. That was a lot easier for me. I was going to bed maybe about 
11 30 12 o'clock then you know so uh <laughs> you know but you know and, and and you know there's times my wife like hey bro what you doing <laughs> okay what's more what's more important oh okay i i, I see i see what your your uh, your morals are you know i see what's more important to you then you know it's something i had to scale back on and say okay i can't allow this to take over mm-hmm. you know uh me completely you know but still be dedicated to it whatever this that, that, i guess that's the key word there be dedicated to it but also be time manager you know mm-hmm. manage your time a whole lot better than what i'm doing there's no way that you should be stand up two o'clock two thirty in the morning you see all these gray hairs in my beard that's come from the sfl <laughs> i ain't got no words for my wife nor my kids these gray hairs come from the <laughs> yeah, i got some too brother yeah and, you know, I talked to Eddie. I talked to Eddie the other day. He was like, "Man, I got these gray hairs growing on the side of my <laughs> side of my head, man." He say, "Man, I'm, I say that's some SFL grays, man." Because <laughs> I have a few little gray hairs. I have a few <laughs> little gray hairs on the side too. <laughs> it's a real, and you know, before I let you go, that's what bothers me. With some people are so quick to judge teams or mm-hmm. judge coaches. Um, because you guys do spend a whole lot of time, a lot of energy, yeah. a lot of effort mm-hmm. into putting these playbooks together, into watching Sims. If you have, if you're set with scouts, with coaches, and all you can do is just sit back and really just be an owner and oversee everything, then mm-hmm. hey, that's that's a, a cushy job. But if you're doing everything as an owner, as a coach, both offense and defense, and I got a scout my gown games, which is what Eddie was doing until we got scouts. It's a I'm, and and he was traveling back all across the yeah. come on and so when you have people that are that dedicated to doing what they're doing mm-hmm. I don't think it's right mm-hmm. for people to kind of take a s on them um, mm-hmm. if they have a few games that they lose or if they go on a five game losing streak or if they mm-hmm. um, you know if they don't if they don't make it to that next level, like they're learning, they're trying to get this together. And unless you walk in their shoes, you really shouldn't have mm-hmm. too much to say about it, except we'll get them next time. But all, right. extra, exactly. all the extra lip talking about, oh, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Okay, you try it then. You stay up until 12, 2.30 in the morning and then get up, be with your your baby and your, your, your family. Yeah. You don't have to go to work. <laughs> you try that. Exactly, so, exactly. So. And, and another thing, if you're if you're a new coach or whatever, man, reach out. I don't care if you reach out to me. Reach out to reach out to somebody. somebody. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't feel that any question you ask is a dumb question. The only dumb question is an unasked question. Trust me. When I got involved, I reached out. When I first started, like in season six, when I got my team, I reached out to someone who I knew for a long time, which was Destro. I say, hey, Destro, man, I don't know how to build a play. I mean, I knew how to, as a user player, you know, playing the game and I'm controlling the sticks, I knew how to build the type of playbook that I want to build. But for the, for the, the, the AI to control, I was like, hey, yo, what should I do? He's like, man, you know how to build a playbook? He's like, here, let me show you what you do. This is what you do, yeah, 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 yeah. And he showed me the ropes. He gave me a blueprint and I took it and I ran off with it, made it to the season six championship game, you know, um, as an expansion team. 
you know, um, and after that, we didn't make the playoffs in season seven, but seasons eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, that's five seasons in a row we made it to the playoffs, you know, and we was known as a competitive team. Didn't make the playoffs season 13. No, no, I'm sorry. Season 12, we didn't make the playoffs. Season 13, we made the playoffs. Missed it 14, made it 15, missed it 16, 17. But I'm telling you, we getting back to the playoffs this season. Somebody get, somebody get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> you tell them to mind. As long as it ain't me, I'm good. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but just saying, reach out to somebody. Yeah. Because what you want to do is you, you want to find, you, you want to find yourself, um, 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 a type of game plan, you know what I'm saying? Or a style of offense or a style of defense you want to run. You know, Mexico City, Florida, they run the same kind of offense. A West Coast style, you know? Yeah. Baltimore, they're straight, pro style, throw the ball deep, you know, modern day offense is being ran by them. You know? Arizona, I told Eddie Gage, I said, man, I was I was I was I was scouting the Sioux Falls game. You guys played Sioux Falls the week before I had to play Sioux Falls. And I told Eddie, I said, Eddie, I'm watching this game and your offense looks beautiful. You know, and, and that's coming from me as an offensive guy. Eddie's a defensive guy. You know, I said, Eddie, your offense looks beautiful. Ash is not throwing picks. You're you're moving the ball downfield. You know, you got great receivers. Your running game is, 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 is getting involved as well. So, you know, he figured out, you know, how he wanted his offense to be ran. And I told him, I said, Eddie, I said, watching this is like, is, is an artistry. He's like, I wouldn't go that far. Let me tell you something. Not, now, now I'm going to go into teacher mode. When someone gives you a compliment, never turn that compliment down. Always accept that compliment no matter what, if someone say, hey, man, I love you, man, I like your shoes. I don't care if your shoes are five, 10 years old. Do not turn that compliment into a negative by saying, oh, these old things. Yeah, I did that once. I did that once. And someone had to coach and, and, and coach me on it. And ever since then, I've always said thank you for every compliment that I've ever gotten. Because you know what? There's some people that don't get compliments at all on anything. So no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Just because you feel that it may not be an artistry, Eddie, it was an artistry to me. Right. <laughs> to watch, to see your offense roll in the way that it has rolled the previous season or so. You know, so and it's coming that's from that. And I, I, I want to thank you for that. You know, I, I really want to thank you for that because, you know, I've been told, not directly, but indirectly, that my player bill wasn't good enough and that I should be scrapped, you know, that I should scrap my wow. player bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when wow. I found out, because I, you know, when I found out that was said, my first inkling was who would say that? Who was it? Who said it? The mm -hmm. person that told me wouldn't tell me who it was, but <laughs> I am more so... That's all like Gage told me, because he don't name drop. <laughs> Even though I know now who it was, uh, and I'm hoping that this person see, I know now that you said that. I am going to be, I, I'm going to be so happy when I get that ring to prove you wrong. Ooh. Because the thing is, for that to even be mentioned like that, you know, other people would have been like, oh, I don't know what to do. I, maybe I should do yeah. it. No, not Ashley. What I'm going to do is just prove you wrong. Hold on one second. One second.
Yeah. So, you know, either way, I am the type of person that I would rather show you than tell you. As if, you know, you joined that wrestling league. You, oh, I got a nice promo that you're going to hear very soon. I don't mind challenging you. That, if you think you're the best, all right, I'm, cool. We're going to find out. I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure out this wrestling league. Uh, I'm like up in the air if I should like really join or not. It sounds like there's some some things going on in there. Uh, I'm I'm really not sure what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll break that down to you later on. But brother, okay. it was it was a pleasure having you and giving you giving some of your insight. And of course, you can always come back whenever you want to, man. You got some announcements yeah. you want to make or anything like that. You know, I got you, brother. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to it. You know, uh, it's always it's always a pleasure. You know, to, to get a chance to, to to chat with you. You know, about the SFL and about you know personal things. And so just sharing information with one another and just uh, you just you 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 just like the you you're the light of the SFL, Ashley. You know, you you're so bubbly, you're so positive, and always. I don't have anything. I don't have, I've never had anything negative to say about you. I, which I don't think I talk negative about anybody. Um, I don't think so. I've never heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I appreciate no, it. Man. Not me. Not me. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this next season, though. Yeah. You know, um, I feel that 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 we're like we're going to turn things around. Um, we're only losing two players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see? So, so we're bringing back so we're bringing back you know 95% of the team um, and, and that was a selling pitch that was something that we talked about and we expressed to the players all, all season long you know hey guys we need you guys to come back next season you know uh, so this team can <clears throat> continue to grow and continue to, to build oh, our strength yeah. amongst one another stand on each other's shoulders and become the foundation of this team to get this team rolling. Absolutely. And you will. Uh, yeah. You will. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm going to give you a last word. I can't let you go without it. So, that could be a poem. <laughs> that could be a poem. Or that could be a simple shout out right now. The floor is yours. Come on. Song, I don't sing. Dang it. Uh, I'm actually, you know what? I, I I love to sing, but I can't sing. And my wife and my daughter reminds me of that every time I start singing. So. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just going to leave it like this here. Nipsey Hustle, all my life, grinding all my life, <laughs> sacrifice, trying to pay the price. <laughs> okay, you can yeah. rap though. Okay, <laughs> next minute I should say rap. Then how about a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> Drop a few <laughs> bars, man. It's all right. <laughs> but no, man. Um, rookies out there. Um, Houston only needs one draft pick. Uh, we've been in talk with a few picks or so. But rookies, if you need any advice, don't feel bad. Or I mean, don't, don't feel that you can't reach out to me. Uh, my Discord name is drsim80. Um, hit me up. Any questions you have, and it, it, and that's 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 awesome is because some rookies have reached out to me. Some guys have reached out to me. Hey man, I'm I'm new to the league. You know what should I do? This thing that that, and I'll drop you know a few nuggets for them or so. You know, yeah. don't be afraid to ask anybody questions in this league uh, because you're new here. You don't know where everything is. And, and going back to Ashley's 
wrestling league that she's part of, I joined and ain't nobody told me where to go or what to do. You know, so I'm like, okay, should I be here or should I not? You know, so. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to get my creative wrestler involved. They just ask me, do I have the game? No, I don't have the game yet. Can somebody create me a wrestler? That's all I'm asking, you know? <laughs> I'll give a TJ on that. <laughs> i give a TJ on that. <laughs> but, but, but if you need any any type of coaching, nuggets or so, I mean, even if you are really a coach, you know, I've reached out to other coaches and I've been here for a long time. You know, I've reached out to other coaches, had conversations with them or so, you know, just to pull nuggets here and there from or whatever. Now, ain't nobody going to give you their their playbook or an entire blueprint or whatever. We'll give you some stuff that we can share. Reason being is because the league is so competitive now, yep. you know, yep. back then, season five, season four, six or whatever, seven, eight. We didn't have that many teams. The league wasn't as competitive, you know. We had multiple teams that was winning championships back then or so. Yeah. But now it's so competitive. Everybody's trying to get to that top, that championship throne. And, you know, it's like a crap in a bucket syndrome. As soon as somebody gets up, we're putting you down, you know. Uh, and, 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 and just be mindful that, you know, you're not going to receive the entire blueprint, but you will receive some nuggets. But it's always in reference, uh, according to how you accept those nuggets and what you do with them when you receive them, you know. So reach out to me if you have any questions. Like I say, this doesn't matter. If you're a new coordinator, old coordinator, whatever, I'll be glad to help. Um, in any way that I can. Fantastic, man. And same goes here, guys. We're all here for you. All you got to do is reach out and ask. That's it. Reach right. out and touch. <laughs> <laughs> I know you had it in you. I knew it. <laughs> hey, but Damon, I'll see you next time, brother. Don't be a stranger. I'm all we will most definitely link up again, Ashley, uh, let's say here between now and before the draft. So I think the draft is like December, what? Oh, it's like December 30th. 30th. Ah, okay. It's, it's, it's the 30th through January 1st. So anywhere between that time, let's link up, you know, um, whatever. Looking, looking forward to it. We can go and we can talk oh. about who you think is going to be the, the top prospects and everything. That we can't do. I want to send a shout out to 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 Israel Adams. I watched your show, you know, you're heavy with him, and I was so impressed by this young man. Yeah. Twenty-three years old, married, has a kid on the way. I reached out to this guy and sent him a message and say, Hey man, I saw your interview with Ashley. I love the interview. I gave him some encouraging words. He said that he was in college and he's trying to finish up that, that degree. I told him, Hey man, stick with it. Don't give up on on, on 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 getting your degree. I said I didn't finish and got my I I didn't finish on getting my degree until I was 38 and got my master's at 41. You know, you're 23, you're still young. Don't feel that time has passed you by because you still have a long life ahead of you to live. You know, it just just be I just I told and I told him, anytime you need something, reach out to me, let me know. And I love the way how he encourages his teammates. Yeah. He took control of the locker room, became a leader in that locker room or so. Um, he had a pretty good game last night also. You know, he had some pretty good catches in that game. Um, unfortunately, you know, they didn't come away with the win. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Ottawa ended up coming back and winning that game, if I'm not mistaken, versus Memphis. But yeah, man, they, uh, Israel Adams, you know, congratulations to you, man, on, on, on the, the the, the new addition to your family. <laughs> I told him, I said, it's going to change your life. You're going to look at life totally different 
once that baby comes. Mm-hmm. One other thing, as a man, as a man, I, 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 I know you probably already like this here, but when that baby comes, also still show your wife attention as well. She is going to need it. Okay, she is going to need that attention from you. She's going to need that help from you and so forth. She's counting on you. And I'm pretty sure you're going to do a phenomenal job. Man. So I'm pretty sure you are because you're already a blessing to the rest of the family. You're a blessing to this world as, as well. And that's all that I have. Awesome, man. That was good. That was good. That was good sound advice. And I'm sure that brother will take it too. He's seen, he's, that's yeah. a good brother. Whoever's going to get Israel Adams in their locker room is going to be very, very good. Uh-huh. I told him, I said, Houston don't need a wide receiver, but if we did, <laughs> you going right there. Yeah, I was like, I told Eddie, I said, man, I'm, I'm just maybe tired of seeing this brother. Right, that that come back if you want to do that, please come back and let us know about that. <laughs> but all right, brother, thank you so much for your kind words, and then I'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. All right, you do. H Town, what it do? <laughs> Listen, will you get a minute? Um, uh huh. Can you send me a picture of yourself for my sure. poster? My poster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Absolutely. That's all I need. I need you to do that whole H Town thing again because I cut you off before you did that. Hold on. I'm gonna okay. the part. Hold on. So it makes sense because you did just get cut off. Pause recording. Oh, I'm still recording. All right, go ahead. All right, H Town, what it do? (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, everybody, and welcome back to part two of my fourth and gold interview with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Commissioner Cameron Irvine. How are you doing, Cam? I'm great, Ashley. How are you? Doing fantastic. Always glad to have you. You know, we had to make this our, you know, annual end of end of season kind of thing where, you know, give us your your thoughts on the end of the season, any upcoming things you got going on. So, um, but first, congratulations on being a newlywed. Thank you so much, Ashley. It was uh, it was great to finally uh, to finally uh, get married and uh, did it on our nine year anniversary. So it was uh, it was just really special. Uh, to uh, to see a bunch of old family friends we hadn't seen in a really long time and, and celebrate it with your closest people and all the support uh, and love that we got and received and all that other stuff. So it was it was really um, it was it was a really fun time. It's hard to kind of get rolling again as everyone remembers or many remember an experience and uh, but it's you know we're in a good place. It was a wonderful time. Uh, we'll do the honeymoon next off season, and, uh, and for now, as we get back to it. <laughs> good deal, good deal. And I wish you all, as I said before on my previous show, I think it was last week. I wish both of you the best. I wish she was here next to you right now, so I could tell her face to face. But you know, just give her my love. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't even had the discussion yet about uh, about what her media availability may look like as my wife. So we've got to. We've got to hash that out. I know, exactly. I don't know what she wants to do about that. Because <laughs> she's Mrs. Commissioner now. She has to be available for yeah. photo ops well, and everything. Have to be. <laughs> I just hope she ain't a Green Bay fan. <clears throat> um, 
No, she's Pittsburgh, actually. Oh. I, I can. I'm all right with that. I it's, love it's her. Good in my book. I love her. I question your choices sometimes, but I love her. Okay. <laughs> so, Cam, give us your thoughts on season 17 as a whole from the automation to the the competitiveness of all the teams this year what are your thoughts uh shoot i well if you haven't uh if if viewers have not seen it uh already um i've got the uh season recap up in 1000 words i kind of Kind of put some thoughts down in there of just about what uh, caught everybody's attention. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a good season. Um, obviously, I, I think I was talking to DeMond after the championship game. And uh, DeMond has done, I think that was his fifth or sixth championship in the booth with us. And I said, I said, DeMond, you remember those season six playoffs? And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember those season six playoffs. Of course, they went to the championship. But season six is often known as the best postseason of games that we've had. Um, if you've never seen uh, the season six playoffs, definitely go on into YouTube and if you can stand the quality, uh, watch those games and, and see how they were. But I mean, we had overtimes and comebacks and game winners at the buzzer and all sorts of crazy stuff. And this postseason um, was really uh, really great. You know, I mean, I, I think it was probably better than that season six. Every game was so competitive. The Baltimore comeback and the semis, the, you know, the Arizona triumphs and then just just that close. I mean, look at Charleston and Florida, right? Or I'm sorry, Charleston and Arizona, just that close to beating Florida. And then Florida, just that close to beating Baltimore. Um, that I don't think anybody had it harder than, than the storm in terms of close games down the stretch. They were, they were really sweating every, all 12 quarters of their postseason. Um, but, uh, I, I thought that was a big win for the league. Just these playoffs, uh, was really good. Um, the season is for me is always great with little, with little turmoil. We just really didn't have any kind of, major issues or, or problems. And that's always a blessing. Um, as you mentioned, automation um, was, you know, 99% smooth and we couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, we were continuing to, to work on uh, building on it, just like we are, you know, any, any other part of the league. Um, so it, uh, I think it was a really smooth season. We will go into season 18 our third consecutive year with the same 24 teams run by the same majority owners. That's very important. We are, we are a very stable league. Leagues don't often make it to season 18 like ours. Um, and uh, there's, as I always tell people, don't take for granted that you're not worried about us not kicking off in January. Well, we'll be here in January. You know, you can, you, you can believe that. So, um, so that's that's always nice. I I've reached a point in my life personally, actually, where um, stability, quiet, is very good. Um, the calmness of of the of more, you know a small town um, and the calmness of a smooth, well up well oiled machine, right? And right. Uh, and so I've had a lot of that, and we are blessed to be in a position for that. And I'm just hey. 
let's do it. Let's, you know, are we there yet? You know, let's get going and, uh, you know, let's run it back, do it all over again. Cause for me, the, the, the game day, of course, Mike St. Green is a huge part of that, but the game day and the game breaks and running all the games and doing all the production up, that's the sweet spot. That's what's most fun for me. That's when I'm having a blast. Everything else is just regular work pain. <laughs> but, really? but but those those games, those especially in the playoffs, I I, I say to Mike Dags and some others on the broadcast team, my reward is a close game. You put all those playbooks in, put all those substitutions in. You, you know, you, you you manage everything all week long, uh, and uh, the reward is a good game because if it's a bad game, then I'm just kind of like, well, that was a bunch just for a lopsided result you knew in half an hour. I totally get that. I definitely get that. Now, one of the things that I really enjoy is that we are expanding our rosters. Um, Tell me, how did you come to that decision? Um, Was that made by the owners or it was the collective um, um, between you and the owners? And how how do you see that being beneficial to the future of the SFL by expanding the rosters? Yeah, that that decision was made by the league uh, to the the admin, you know, myself um, and other <laughs> and others. I need you to go now. I'm good lip reader. I am a good lip reader, actually. Isn't that what you said? That is exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what? If there was a game for that, I think I'd be pretty good at that. You um, would be. Because I definitely just called my son because he's over here trying to talk. Mm-hmm. And we've been, me and you just started, and now he want to come in and just ask me all kind of questions. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. I, get, I, I hear you. I hear you. No, it's it's quite all right. Um, but uh, no, that decision was made uh, by me and, and League Admin. Uh, you know, and essentially what we've got going on in the minor leagues, first off, there's many different ways to approach the problem, right? And we talked about everything and anything under the sun um, and in ways to um, figure out what to do with all our people, which is always a great problem to have. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, you know, the number one, Stephen Hacker put out a survey, 148 people participated. The number one thing is locker room experience. Right, people, people love a great locker room experience. What better than to have more people in your locker room? Have more people that are like-minded, that love the Scorpions, in your case, Ashley, um, or any other team just like you. Uh, get to meet new people, get to, get to bond with more teammates, that sort of thing. So that's a big part of it. Um, you know, we also want our teams to be successful. And, uh, you know, uh, the more, fans and players you you have, the more uh, merchandise gets purchased, the more jerseys people buy, the more t-shirts people get, all that kind of stuff. And that stuff helps support teams more so than it does the league. The league doesn't make any profits or do anything monetarily with uh, apparel from teams, right? So that's a good way for, for, um, you know, for teams to kind of cover some of their costs. And so, um, you know, so that's that's important to teams uh, too. But the other thing, Ashley, is of course when you look at the rosters and you see, you know, goodness gracious, you, you know, we've got 120 players down there. Where are they all going to go? Um, 
two seasons ago, as you remember, we raised the price on subscriptions, right? And and as anticipated with any kind of price hike in any business, you lose customers because they say it's just not worth that much to me, right? And so we had already done that. That wasn't something that we wanted to do again because we certainly could have kept our 20 players per roster and then just said, all right, you know, we're, we've got so much demand that, that we've got to clear some people out to uh, give more people an opportunity. Uh, we like to mix it up, right? It's not, as I've said before, in this league, we are a business, but it's not all about money. Um, and we saw a more valuable way to uh, get people introduced uh, on the team. So ultimately we said, look, uh, we've expanded rosters from 10 to 11 to 12 to 15 to 17 to 20 before. We've done this plenty of times before. Uh, it's time to do it again. There are teams that uh, could benefit from having more players because they just didn't feel like um, that position was worth it to their cap, right? Because they only had 20. Um, so that left some players out, you know, some because they're just not in high demand. Um, we also see players in demand due to injury, particularly a running back. You know, you want a running back, a backup running back to help on drives that go long and the running back gets tired to help if the running back gets hurt, um, you know, in certain in-game situations because running backs can act so differently, you know, from yes. one running back to the, to the next. Having a different one in a certain situation could be very beneficial to that team. So, so we see it from that perspective. And then we also see it from just, hey, I've got generics on the field still that play a lot. We don't want that. You know, if you've got a second tight end or a third linebacker or a D lineman or, you know, a slot corner and they and they some generics making a play and we're on TV and we're like, oh, that guy made a play, but it's that's not a person. It's not a real person. It's kind of a missed opportunity, right? I definitely so yeah, so so those those uh situations lead themselves to hey, we can we can grow these rosters and it can be a big benefit uh, benefit to players uh and teams. And people talk all the time about expansion. Um and I can't wait for the next round of expansion. It's gonna be so exciting. There's nothing more exciting than seeing a new team hit the field and you know seeing what they can put out there um but we have to be smart um every now that we have automation which is why we invested money into automation is when a new player joins it doesn't doesn't matter we get them in the system right and it doesn't it doesn't add to the it doesn't matter from a workload standpoint um because you're not uh manually spending yeah, you're not manually inputting these players anymore. You're not manually checking their progressions. You're not manually checking their subscriptions. You're not you're not doing these things by hand. And with every person that comes in, you have to do all that by hand unless you invest in yourself in automation. So now when the league adds players, it doesn't add any, it doesn't stretch us thinner, but we still have the problem of being stretched thin when we do add teams. Every game you add, adds two broadcasters, two statisticians, two playbooks, two changes, two, two substitutions that have to be checked, two 
graphics packages to over and over and over, right? And it just goes on and on and on. Two uh, pages on the website, two roster pages on the website, two and and so it becomes this massive thing. And so our strategy as a league is is you know we have to get to a point where we can accommodate so many players that we have the ability to kind of expand and grow our league office um, to accommodate more teams and we will get there uh, and I think I think we can get there sometime in the next year or two it's not like oh you know we won't have another expansion in five years like it's not like that um, but we just we've got to uh, make sure that everybody is getting a chance to play um, and the league is doesn't get too big for its bridges um, it falls apart. So we've been doing this for nine years, you know, we've just been walking um, to the finish line. So, And that's good. So, yeah. You never want to bite off more than you can chew because then you run the risk of making your your clientele upset with you because they're paying this well, money you, and they want to participate. Yeah. You know? And you implode, right? You, you implode, you have, you have issues with operations, you get mistakes in the gameplay, you get... You get machines that are old and out of date. You, you you know you get all this stuff that happens, and it's like we can't you know we can't handle um, you know all of these problems, all of these issues. It's just there's just too much stuff to do. It's just impossible, um, and we don't want to reach that point for our players because our players expect that when it's three o'clock on Sunday and we say they're going to play, they're going to play, and Absolutely. and. People, I think, probably think that's a little bit easier than it is, but three o'clock on a Sunday, doesn't matter what's going on. Tornado warning, dog wants to go out, whatever. Hey, I I don't know. Somebody else is going to have to handle it because I got to be here right now to start this game. So uh, I've had it. I've had it all. Um, yeah. I've had a, yeah I, actually, there was this one game. Uh, I think it was a couple seasons ago, but there was this one game where... Uh, I, where we got right on the air and I was like I gotta go like I gotta go but I can't I can't go it was like a Joe Buck Philadelphia Eagles situation back in the 80s y'all can look that up see how gross that story was but I mean I didn't know what to do I don't know what, like what am I supposed to do like I've got all these games going and I've got all this you know so so you have to get creative. I think I got two phones and I like was checking on them from the other. It, it was just, it was crazy. But like, yeah, it, it, it sounds easy. Show up Sunday, three o'clock, you know, and kudos to our broadcasters and stats team. They all do that too. You know, hey, Sunday at three o'clock, we'll see you there. Yes. Okay. We'll see you there. And all these people make that game. So yeah. um, you stretch yourself too thin and you run the risk of not being able to do that all the time. And then the quality of product goes down and people go, ah, you know. They don't think here. it's worth it's the too crowded. It's too crowded. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So we never want to. We never want people to feel like that. No, and I think you're on the, the right path of of addressing that issue. Um, <clears throat> now, something that I've always wondered since this is a simulation, and I heard you mention the salary cap, and I do know that the extra players will count um, will count against the salary cap. Um, mm -hmm. voted by the owners 22 to 2. Um, my question is, why can't we just increase the salary cap if this is simulated monies that we're using to pay everybody? Why couldn't we just mm -hmm. 
add a little bit extra to the cap. Oh, we will. Oh. We yeah, you'll you'll this see season? the cap go up. Oh yeah, the cap goes up every year. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. The cap's not going to be the same. What what happens is actually, and, it, and that's a really good question actually, because the difference in our league, unfortunately for us, right, is your how you count against the cap equals how good your player is, and that's not always the case in pro football, right? You can get like you know they have these they have rookie deals, right? And you get some quarterback on the cheap. Right? Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars is getting paid nothing compared to, you know, or Justin Fields, right? It's getting paid nothing compared to, to Aaron Rodgers, even though he might be on the same level or a similar level, right, as, right. as him. But the, the salaries are totally different. But what someone gets paid is not, it doesn't make them better or worse. But in our league, that's exactly what it what it means and so the salary cap isn't isn't about um controlling like how um like how much someone costs to have on your team it's really controlling uh the potential for everyone to just be 99 right if everyone is just, and I mean 99 out of 100, like you are maxed out and everything, you got all the animations, you're good to go. Because if we never had a salary cap, eventually everyone would reach it. Everyone would get there. And so if once you have a league full of similar players and everyone's just as good as anybody else, then now you're not special. It doesn't matter. And so the salary cap is there because our because player talent is tied to what their value is against the cap, um, that's why we have to keep the cap. We can raise the cap, but we can't just let teams sign whatever and whoever because eventually everyone would just max out. Mm. Um, and so it becomes a, a, a balance of uh, you know what a player, is willing to cut and what a player is not willing to cut in any in any kind of negotiations and that's why we allow players the freedom to sign with a new team every offseason because if players want to keep the value that they've earned go do it right go find a better uh, offer go find a place where they'll keep that that value keep that progression and and basically explore the marketplace the teams don't want to cut stuff off of players right teams right. would love to have all the stuff on the players it's not the it's not like the teams are are evil and they're like you know what we don't want you to be as good as you could be like no they wish everybody could be as good as they could be but teams that are in super high demand that have winning tradition that have all this stuff you're going to have to they don't have a lot of space they don't have a lot of room you know a team that's rebuilding the nice thing about joining a rebuilding team is um they just don't have a lot against the cap right Right. they lost a bunch of players in free agency now they can spend whatever they want that's the point we want the teams that are rebuilding to be able to pay people max deals so that they can go get more talent and they can compete again 
and it, it works the same in the NFL. You know, when you've got a like like Chicago with Justin Fields, right? Chicago has a great opportunity now. You've got like a four-year window where you you're basically spending forty million less than Green Bay on a quarterback. Now you can take that forty million and you can give it to everyone else, and that makes your team better. Makes and sense. Before Justin Fields gets his payday, then he can. In our league, it works the same. If you got a rebuilding team and they got a ton of cap, they are way more likely to be able to give you a max deal than a Florida or a Baltimore because all their players are staying and all their players are having to tighten up their value to fit under the salary cap because they all just continue to improve and progress every single week, but then nobody leaves, and so it you know it becomes a different experience on on those teams to try to keep the team together and. At the end of the day, that's what the league wants, and that's what the salary cap is for. Understood. Not, you know, I've always wondered that, and I don't know why I never asked you, or maybe I've I don't asked. Think you I've ever been asked that question. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So hopefully that it's brings great. shed some light, you know, mm-hmm. for everybody else that ever had that question. You know, maybe just didn't think to ask you or whatnot because. It, it, when you explain it like that, it makes a lot more sense than I'm just like, well, hey, why why am I only getting like about 16, you know, 16, 78 and I got all these people, they're going to have to shed their animations and stuff like that. But now I get it. So it, it's, awesome. it feels like we're saying we're, t- it feels like we're taking stuff away, but in reality, we're making sure that you can be as special as you want to be, because if everybody was the same then you wouldn't be special anymore. Mm. And that's what the cat does. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So tell me, um, can you go into a little bit more detail? Now, everyone, if you like to read what we're talking about and what I'm referencing to, you can definitely visit our website at www.simulationfl.net underneath the legal arts section. So we, you have the dynamic stats project. Um, Mm -hmm. that will be taken, uh, that will be hopefully implemented for season 18. Would you like to um, shed a little bit more light on that for us? Yeah, for sure, Ashley. This is is a a dream of mine. Um, I'm so excited that we have at least think we figured out a way. We tested it in the playoffs and it went pretty well, right? So so now we just want to expand on it. But You know, really, we've got, we're so blessed in the league to have 17 seasons worth of history. And with the technology that we have now, which we didn't have eight years ago, hell, we didn't have it three years ago. The technology that's out there now has allowed us to, like, people people have told me, Cam, if the SFL doesn't work out, you could just you could just be a contractor like in sports production because you could give them all these tools and then and then they would have all these you know all this stuff to have a have a first rate broadcast but i don't want to do any of that sounds too too much work so uh, going door to door to high school hey you want to have a pre- first class pro- uh whatever it doesn't matter um but uh what what happens is is that all this time we've had statistics from every game every player every career right mm-hmm. and so we put all those stats on the website and where do they go how do we get them to the people how do we get them to the viewers right 
And for a long time, it was one graphic at a time. Right. So I would, I would put up a graphic like Ashley of your career numbers. And once I use that graphic, it's over. I can't use it again. Because as soon as you complete that next pass, they're inaccurate, right? As soon as you finish that next game, they're inaccurate. So I have to make another graphic of your career step. I can't just keep doing that. And that's not how the pros do that either. You know, the, the Foxes and the CBSs of the world, they have stat programs that feed and funnel information into their graphics programs. And then there you go. You just use the one, you know, you use the, you pull the information that you want. Right. Um, and so what we did was kind of marriage what our stats team and broadcast team had access to what the general public has access to before the game starts and we put them together and so our goal is for me to be able to with a couple of clicks in you know from the production truck that i have in this room right um with a couple of clicks i can pull up ashley jackson's stats from last week from today's game from this season and from her entire career and i can pull those up in whatever situation that i want to pull it up so if you cross 30,000 passing yards i will i can pull it up she just she just crossed this she just passed this right if right. i want to if if i want to show people that you are um you that your you have the sixth most touchdowns in SFL history, and I want to show your career stats, I can show that, right? And so um, I want to do that for every single player in the league. And that may sound like um, a crazy task, but in fact, the old way of doing it, one graphic at a time, that's the crazy task. In, in With this dynamic stats program, if the team changes, then I just change the team colors, right? And now we've got all of the information again. Um, and so it's really more about, um, it, it adds more to uh, the game prep uh, production wise, but it's not adding any work graphically or during the game. It's just, it's just about, okay, it's all programmed in. We have all of the, the data from the website. The, our statisticians have it all in front of them. I have it all in front of them as the producer. Now let's tell the story properly about, you know, so anytime a broadcast mentions what a great game they had last week, I can put it up on the screen. And what it does is, is it makes my dad's work a lot more valuable as director of broadcasting, compiling all that information. It makes Corey Menner's job more valuable, entering in all those box scores on the, on the website. It makes statisticians, live, the live stats team's job more valuable because their work is actually being like shown on a broadcast. So they're not dependent on a broadcaster referencing a specific statistic because now I can put it up there. And whether the broadcaster sees it or not or comments on it, at least the audience can see all of those statistics that the live stats team has been putting in. Um, and it helps make the broadcasters better because they are getting a lot more information put in front of them very quickly 
um, so that they don't, so that it's not all up to them, so that it's not all on them. Because right now we have live stats team doing stats work, and if the broadcaster does not say anything, or they're doing an ad read, or they're doing whatever else they have to do, it doesn't get noticed, mm. and that's a crime because they do such good work. Stats is so much fun and you get to look at the behind the scenes of the SFL and it's such a cool experience, but they were all, they, it always felt like my job here is predicated on if a broadcaster notices my work. And now it's my job here is going to be noticed all game long. And they can just, people can just put that stuff up and it, it just matters more. And so that's what dynamic stats is meant to do. It's, it's, it's just meant to take all of the rich history that we have and all of the history that we're making and show it to people. Because I think if people really knew and understood the depths, right, of what they're watching and we could really put um, a world-class broadcast around it, they would be so much more blown away. Than they, than they maybe already are. So that's the, I would say that is my major undertaking for the off season. It's my sort of critical product uh, or project personally for this off season. Um, and I can't wait to, to, to bells and whistles it and figure out, you know, how it's all gonna look and, and what all that looks like. And I think the playoffs overall, uh, it was pretty successful. I was, I was pretty pleased with how it all came together, you know, a couple of bugs, but, um, but nothing, nothing we couldn't handle. So, um, it was, it was really, uh, it was a really good chance to test it out. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to taking it full launch to everybody in the next season. Phenomenal. Okay. I love it. I love it. Now the league is growing in, in its calendar by two weeks. So we're adding two bye weeks what was the reason that you decided to add two bye weeks into the regular schedule? Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, well, let's see, where do I want to start? I guess we'll start with, with the broadcast team. Okay. Broadcast team does so much and we have, I think 35, 36 broadcasters. And you would think, well, we only need 24 every week. So it's a healthy rotation, but people got lives. They got their own stuff to do, just like me. I had to get married, right? I had to go, I had to go, I had to go out of state and, and I had to have a wedding because that's what I want to do. That's what she deserves, right? That's, that's, that's how life works, you know what I mean? And everybody's got that kind of stuff. Everybody's going through that stuff. So you think 36 is a lot, but sometimes um, it gets tight, you know, and we have people calling two games a week. We have people on the rare occasion calling three games a week, right? And they do it for the love of the league. They, um, you know, they, they devote their time. And particularly in the middle of the season, start to feel that or I guess the third quarter of the season is I'm calling actually you start to feel that burnout a little bit everybody starts to feel a little bit of burnout especially if your season's not going too hot you know and it's it's tough 12 weeks in a row every weekend right it's tough I mean imagine that's that's 
12 weeks. It's one thing for me to, to do it every weekend, right? But that's that's 12 weekends in a row where you, you can't go stray too far from home that day because you got a game later. And that's, for, for a lot of people, that's not realistic, right? So, um, so bye weeks will help broadcasters uh, not be so strained. Statisticians not be so strained. It, it it spreads the schedule out a little bit more, but also actually it gives us room to grow when we do expand. But when we do expand, now we've got a 14 week window to put all these games in, rather than a 12 week window to put more games in. You see what I mean? So it it should help us. Yeah. Um, it should help us when we do grow. Sort of plug up those bye weeks a little bit. You know, grow the season just a little bit more, all that good stuff. So, so that's broadcasting and it's coaching too. Right. I mean, look at Eddie. Right. Once you get to once you get to nine, ten weeks in a row, you're just like, dang man, I'm so tired. Need a break. Just I'm just watching all this film, you know, doing all this scouting, running all these sims. It, It and we want our product to be the best product it can be. And teams can take that opportunity to, or coaches, I should say, can take that opportunity to say, you know what, I'm just going to kick back and watch some SFL, watch my opponent next week. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be stressed this weekend. Or I can just not watch any SFL at all. And I can go on, do something with my family, right? Go on some vacation. Go, you know, go out to a fancy dinner or whatever. I don't have to, you know, like my, my product should not, revolve around your life nor any nor should any product right so um, I didn't watch a single minute of the NFL all weekend long I was with family up in the mountains looking at scenic stuff and whatever and that was super nice I just can't believe I didn't see a single snap so unsuccessfully trying to catch up or whatever uh, and I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear about Justin too because I've been really liking him playing uh, I like seeing him playing so I don't want to see Andy on Thanksgiving don't get But oh well. Uh, hey, look, Bears, Lions. I'll probably be watching it. Yeah. Um, you have no choice, Cam. But yeah, but but I mean, coaches, um, they they need a break in there or two. Yeah. Um, broadcasters need a break in there or two. And look, no player likes when the season is over. Uh, you True. Know, let's let's progress on a buy. Enjoy the product. You know, do do with it what you want, but it'll you know it'll give you a couple more weeks to to prepare for a playoff push, and you know you don't have to don't have to sweat out your game or don't have to worry about when your game is on or you know spot. I can only watch one game this week and it has to be our game, right? So then I don't get to watch all the other teams play. Gotcha. Now you do, right? Yes. Um, so that it you know the benefits are not as big for the players. I can, I understand that, but. It means two more weeks of SFL football in a calendar year. Um, and from the standpoint of sitting around in the offseason and going, what am I supposed to do now? Now that offseason is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, okay. And, and so, yeah, so so that's that's an important part of it, too. The because I was wondering... It, it, oh, yeah. No, go ahead, Ashley, please. No, because I was wondering how with that 
change the off season? Would you then just be waiting less time? Would that make a little bit more work for you on the back end or like? No, it, it frees me up too, right? So instead of me having 12 weeks in a row of 12 games every weekend, one weekend I might have eight or 10 or you know things like, like for example, in the, in the winter season, we have different challenges than the summer season. In the winter, we have the Super Bowl. What do we do with Super Bowl Sunday, right? How are we supposed to have all these games going? What if, what if I want to go to some Super Bowl party? What if I, you know, what if I want to watch the Super Bowl by, with my mom or my friends or whatever? Or, you know, what happens if if people, you know, it does me, the broadcasters and statisticians, no good to be broadcasting a game in front of 25 people when we could be broadcasting a game in front of 80 people right. and spending our time more wisely. So we've got the Super Bowl to deal with. We've got Easter to deal with. This season, I can't stand it, Ashley, but this season, the last day of the regular season is Easter Sunday. I can't do anything about it. It's on the calendar, you know what I mean? So, so, but the last day of every season only has four games. Usually we might have six, right? And right. So it, it so it falls pretty okay because we can push those games into later in the evening. We can make sure that everybody's able to enjoy uh, their Easter Sunday or however they you know they celebrate their Easter, and um, you know we're able to, uh, to to work around that. We've got uh, you know the NFL playoffs that take up a whole bunch of the weekend. You know, so so it's there are different challenges. Right. In the summer, you've got NFL Week One. That's my least favorite weekend of the SFL schedule because I kind of watch want to watch NFL Week One, and I know that if I want to watch NFL Week One, I know everybody else does too. Yes. And so, so that creates um, you know scheduling challenges. The the summer heat is a killer here at the studios with all the equipment on. It's so hot. And, you know, six games in a day, those Xboxes are on for 10, 11, 12 hours with all the playbook changes and they get ready for all the games and all that other stuff. And it, I mean, it's, it's sitting in a sweatbox. It's miserable. It's miserable to to sit in that heat. And what do you, you say? Oh, just turn on, turn on more fans. Oh, you mean more power? in the room like you want me to plug more stuff in i'm sure that's going to help everything just fine so um every season has its challenges but that the bye weeks help with that too right super bowl weekend we don't have to have a, you know a 12 games on the schedule um and so that kind of stuff uh, matters and then the last reason ashley is um what we have coming down the future in this league We've got more players on rosters. Um, that means that more players need more playing time. That means that we're going to, as we go along, need to do more with the substitution um, settings in the game, the depth charts, and all this other stuff to ensure that everybody's getting some playing time, realistically, right? We're not, it's not like um, I had a basketball coach in ninth grade where every five minutes he would put a new starting five. It didn't matter how you play it. He just, everybody gets playing time. Mm-hmm. And, 
didn't matter who you were playing, how you were playing, you could have hit five threes in a row and he'd pull you out. And it was just so ridiculous. We don't want to do that in the SFL. We want this to feel like a, like a real life football game. So that's not what I'm talking about. But everybody's got to get some of Everybody's got to get their opportunity to shine out there. And the game that wasn't necessarily built to do that for 22 players or 30 players or 30, you know what I mean? And so we've got to do some finagling ourselves. That puts that puts more work on our production, uh, on my production plate here at the studios. And that and, and, and on a regular week, it's not that big of a deal. But when we move teams around rosters to get you different opponents, that's when it really creates a big backlog of logistical challenges because I'm putting in playbooks from scratch again. I'm having to reconfigure where everyone is playing on the field to make sure that they're all playing in the right spots and in the right places and the right formations. And that's a big logistical challenge. I need teams off that week. Yeah. So I don't so I can worry about them next week. Um, because it's just there's just so many games happening. Um, and, and for all those reasons, buys make sense. And so what we did with the schedule, the schedule is done, uh, but we did with the schedule is I, I believe there's only two teams that have two games in between their buys. So for example, they might have a buy in week seven and week 10. Okay. I don't, I don't want to do that because after your week seven buy, you're not really burnt out in week 10. <laughs> you want to keep playing. Um, and, and but because of the logistics of the schedule, just like any other schedule, right? It's, it can't be perfect. It can't. It doesn't all match up the same for everyone. Um, so almost every team has three three games or more in between their buys. Most teams have four, five, six, right down so that their buys are split out. And that was done just purely with schedule availability, roster, It wasn't. Uh, it had nothing to do with um, you know what your record was the previous season or any of that stuff. Um, it just had to do with with where it fell. Now, what the league did do is is I made sure that a certain team was not having to face too many teams off of a bye. Meaning, if Arizona had a bye and then they played, uh, I'm sorry, let's say Arizona played San Diego in week eight, mm-hmm. and then they played Florida in week nine. Mm-hmm. So if Florida had a bye in week eight, they didn't have to plan game plan for anybody in week eight, so they had a little bit extra time to plan for Arizona. We wanted to make sure that there weren't there wasn't a, Any a lopsided answer. number, yes, of, of teams that were, you know, man, everybody we play is coming off their bye. This sucks, right? And and like they get that unfair schedule. So we made sure that as close as possible we could we could make that just that fair. Um, you know, to all those teams. Now teams should be taking some time off and it shouldn't be a disadvantage advantage at all, but just in case teams are feeling just fine and spirited and they want two weeks to prep for the next opponent, then um, you know, we wanted to make sure that that was fair. So 
all of that goes into, um, you know, buys, methodology behind buys, um, and the advantages that they can bring to all the different kinds of people in the league. Phenomenal. Looks like you pretty much thought of everything. And it's good that you... We try. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't think of everything, but you thought of a lot, you know, so... Kudos to you all for doing that, you know, and even having the, the the thought to give people rest because you don't want people, you know, like one of the reasons that Mighty, you know, decided to right. just owner, be the owner, the way um, Jeremy Vega just want to sit back because they get burned out, you know? Mm-hmm. So Burnout the- is a yeah. thing and it's bad for mental health. It is. It's bad for, and, and you know, when the league looks at things right we're a year-round operation but for many it doesn't feel like that to them because they have particular parts of the calendar where they are more engaged and involved in the product than, than maybe other times right a minor league player is really engaged right now maybe not so much three months ago, right so so with that understanding we look at the schedule and we go okay why not just make it longer. We're not in a position where we can provide more games. It's not like we're going to do a 14-game schedule. But what's the alternative? That player's just going to sit there for two weeks in the offseason waiting? Yeah. There's no difference. We can we can easily spread this out a little bit so that the wait in the offseason is not so long. Automation helps us with that. See, the offseasons used to be so long because we had to build everything by hand. Yes. All these players and all the and all the yes. your animations and your attributes and your equipment and the uniforms you'd have to do that one at a time by hand and it would take weeks. You know, it would take two weeks to create. We would send it to the owners. They would look it over for changes. We would have preseason so people could look at their stuff and then they could report to us errors and then this and then that and yada 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 yada. We don't have any of that anymore. And so we want to be able to um, decrease that downtime. Provide more content, provide just as much as we can. But we don't have to cram it into a direct, we don't have to. Mm. And it's be, it's become um, a little bit of a detriment that that's what we've been doing because it's so hard to burn out as a thing. Mental health issues due to burnout is a real thing. We don't want that for anybody. And I think overall it will help our product. Just give a little spread out. I agree. I agree. I only have three more questions for you. All right. Fire away. First one, the phase two of automation will be underway later on this week. So what does that exactly entail? I don't know if you've actually went over this prior. You may have touched a little bit on with my previous questions. But if there's something that you didn't mention... Um, maybe we can get our viewers to understand a little bit more about phase two of the automation. For sure, and I, I, I'm not sure that I uh, may I may have gone into detail somewhere with some other group. We lose track, right? So, yeah. so no problem going through it all. Um, phase two is really about the minor league. Um, okay. Right now, the minor league is still operating old school. Andrew Rostelli is manually checking progressions. He's manually checking subscriptions. He's putting those changes into the roster file. He's, you know, he, he's, he's basically like, I got the electric car, 
and he's still back there with the horse and buggy. Like, Dang. So, so what what we need to do now as a league is we need to be able to onboard a player into the system from the beginning of their career because the default player in the in the automation portal is a base company, of course, right? So when someone joins the league and says, I want to play tight end, we put them in the system, we attach their Discord to uh, the portal, and then they start progressing. And then we put them on the team, and then when they get drafted, we put them on another team. Pretty easy, right? So if we can uh, get people going in the portal from the, from the very moment that they get here, rather than from the moment that they are drafted, we will be able to um, accelerate our growth even faster. Um, and like I said, Ashley, faster growth, more people here will help result in more teams and more games and more, you know what I mean? It, it, it all helps fuel that because the company, any company is more successful the more customers it has, right? So, um, so we will be, more opportunities open up for us because our ex, our um, expenses are not going up just because a whole bunch of players want to play. Whereas before, um, it was very difficult to keep up with that demand. You know, Absolutely. We offer we couldn't offer the supply that the demand uh, was was asking for, um, and that put us in a really tough position to where we do something. So um, the phase two is all about that. It's just all about uh, being able to onboard people right away, uh, being able to transfer players from the minor league to the major league, giving the minor leaguers a chance to progress just like the major leaguers do um, so that they're not brand new to the portal and wondering what's going on. Um, and, you know, the portal is just better to progress in. It tells you all your options. It doesn't let you make mistakes. It, you know what I mean? It's it. Right. It's a lot easier for a new person to understand the league if we say log into this thing, and it'll tell you what your options are, and that's all you need to know. You don't need to read charts. You don't need to look up documents. You don't need to read to watch tutorials. You don't need any of that. Go to the portal, log in, progress. Awesome. Yeah, well, and that's so. So that's what phase two is mainly about. We've got eight, nine, ten things on the back end on a wish list that we're like, hey, you know, we really want to make some improvements to this. Uh, for example, Ashley, we can edit just about anything on our own. We cannot edit their name. If there's mm -hmm. a typo in their name, I got to go to the developer and say, hey, can you change this name? Wow. It was originally built. It was originally built like that as a, like a security thing, right? You don't want names getting um, changed and they should be changed, right? But this is this was coded. The project started in like April. So back then. Programmers don't know all of the who all handles what, who all edits what parts of roster files and all this stuff. They're just thinking about it from us, from like a okay, a name is really important. We don't want anybody to be able to touch this kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so we just need that opened up. Just 
let the admins be able to change the names because in you know in the case of like a team or a games maybe the hyphen is missing yeah just want to put a hyphen in but then it that takes too long right we should be able to just do that in two seconds just like when your running style is wrong we just go in and just change it and that's that's it it's over or you're passing uh with your with your left hand instead of right hand fixed it, it's done, it's over with. Um, so little things like that, we want to just improve on the back end from an administrator side, but it's it's mainly about getting the minor league to where the major league is. I like it. I like it. And it's funny because you segued into my next question. What improvements, if any, because, you know, you, you want to try to fine tune every season, things like that. Were you planning to or that you want to see come to fruition before season 18 started. Um, I do know that you had some things in the back end that you kind of want to implement further down the road, but I don't know if you wanted to share anything besides what we've already discussed um, in regards to season 18, maybe some improvements that we can kind of see. Yeah, so one one example of this would be like, uh, you know, mid-season signings. A little clunky last year. Yeah. Didn't really, we weren't necessarily focused on it, weren't necessarily planned for it. Basically on the back end, we built um, signing periods. We built one for re-signings, we built one for free agency, right? So teams could sign their own players back from this state to this state. And then after that, sign the button wouldn't work, right? So that way, um, teams are not signing players in week eight, right? We don't, we, we can't have that. We can't have teams just adding people with, you know, without releasing someone, of course. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't build the mid signing process. So we basically just kind of had to Jerry rig it in the middle of last season. Like, hey, can you, can you open the signings back up? Because we kind of forgot to tell you that that's a thing during the season. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay, sure. I'll open the signings back up. So creating a window for in-season signings and the stipulations for that. Being able to easily release the player. Right now, we can't just release a player into free agency. It needs to be manually pulled out of, you know, off the team. Um, so, during the season, uh, actually, once you create a new season, then all the roster's blank, and then you start signing players. Again. Um, so, just like, that's a perfect example of something that um, just wasn't um, super awesome, right? The smooth, because as you want. we didn't really think about it. You know, there were so many things to think about when building a portal for exactly what we need. And we got to week three, and someone was like, "Hey, I want to sign someone," and we're like, "Oh." little things like that but nothing nothing like you know major um, outside of uh, outside of uh, adding and integrating okay cool beans cool beans last question so the the league confirmed the weekend for 2022's convention it's July 23rd and 24th in a city to be determined do you have any cities that you would like to share that you're considering? And then I'm noticing, because we had a fantastic time this past week. I mean, I 
great time in Texas. Great to meet everybody and things like that. Be around people. You know, when you talk to them, like Tyler was saying, when you when you when you're in chat, texting things like that, you don't get the 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 personality. You don't. Sometimes things can be interpreted like you were upset or you had a problem with something and that's not even how you mentioned it. So it was good to be able to have those conversations with people. And I I, I confronted a couple people that, you know, um, like Gerald was one of them. Like for some reason, I thought that Gerald just had an issue with me, but I was able to see him face to face and we actually talked out what I thought was an issue and it really wasn't, you know, but it is seeing that person and having that understanding and being able to have that conversation to adults, why not? Um, being able to work things out. That was awesome for me. That was one thing that I really enjoyed doing. But I was wondering, why is it only two days? And what cities were you thinking about? Oh, uh, well, I'm glad you said something because it, so that two days, we have we have games usually in a two day window. Right. During, during a given week. So the week's window is two days, but the convention would still be three. Okay. It, it's the, or or four, right? In the case of Houston, right? We had kind of a three and a half situation. Yes. And we would still do that. So it's not it's not just a, it, the the dates represent uh, just the get the game. Yeah, exactly. Just the games and stuff. So so yes, I can I can put to bed. It's not a two day convention. It would be a regular long, um, really nice uh, convention. So so that's that's. I'm glad you said something. That's good. I didn't even think about. People would think the convention was two days and only put two days on the calendar. So um, I'm glad you I'm glad you clarified for for everyone. Thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of city, you know, I really I really feel like we've done three conventions now: Dallas, Houston, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've learned a little bit from all three. And what I've I think what I've learned is the best hotel situation was definitely this last one. We want to have all of our SFL-related events in the hotel. Right? That's where we want to be. So that was the first thing. The thing I learned from from Atlanta is, and, and Dallas too, I'd say Dallas specifically, want to have other entertainment that is within walking distance so leave the hotel go do non-sfl related entertainment you want it close so that you can walk to it in dallas you couldn't we were in a, it was like a, a, a concrete jungle it was we were amongst film studios so it was just studios, right? For all the way down. You couldn't walk to anything. You had to commute back and forth from SFL event to other things. And um, in, in Atlanta, we had the same thing. And in uh, Houston, for the most part, we kind of had the same problem. Non-SFL related events, you had to commute to. We need to find entertainment that is within walking distance of that hotel so that people can go do non-SFL-related things and they don't have to, they don't have to call away, right? So, right. Um, so 
from Houston that we got to find another one of those amphitheaters. Right? That was the best. That was the That was a. You were in Atlanta. So you remember what our setup was in Atlanta. Right. And it, it just it doesn't feel as big. You're in a room. You're watching on a you're 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 watching on a projector, but you're you're just you're kind of in a room. Exactly. In, in it, it, it's just not the same. It feels like you're in a classroom more than you are in an entertainment center. And the the amphitheater was really fun because there were like levels to what was happening. If you just wanted to chill, right, and to, to just talk in the, in the back. Right? Go get some go get some water or food in the back. And if you were really up into the game, you know, you, you could uh you could um sit right up front. Right in those well you could sit right up front, but but you can you could also pace, run, be <laughs> active without getting in people's way, right? Yeah. Imagine you were in Atlanta, imagine people running or like mm-hmm. standing in the front of the room. You'd be like, no, sit down, I can't see, right? Right. But in the amphitheater, we didn't have it. So the amphitheater was really awesome. We want to be able to find, um, you know, a hotel that, that has uh, those capabilities too. So, you know, we're racking up the wish list. We want to have entertainment close by, non-SFL related. We want the SFL entertainment all in one inclusive place. We want to have, um, uh, Oh gosh, lost my train of thought. Um, we want to have the amphitheater for games, and it doesn't hurt to have an awesome pool and a swimming bar, right? and all those all those other cool things that South Shore Harbor had. And those are the types of things that you know. It's kind of like once you have that stuff, you can't really go back. You kind of have to do that again. So, so, and if you don't, and if you don't have that, then you got to have a beach, right? That's true. You know, if you don't have that at the hotel, you gotta have the beach. So, um, if you're not gonna do beach, you can't really go back. So, um, with that all being said, that's kind of the wish. That's what we want to find. That's what we want to hold into. Another one, Ashley, which was great for, um, I know it was great for Dallas. I can't remember how far away we were from the airport in Atlanta, but we were quite a trek. From the airports in yes. Houston, you we were probably about forty-five minutes, probably to an hour, at least, depending upon traffic. Yes, and that was tough. And I knew that was tough. We did it on purpose because we wanted to get people a little bit close to the coast if they wanted to go to the beach, right? If they were there for vacation and they wanted to rope in the beach, then it wouldn't be so far, right? If they and so that was kind of a, a family move decision. Right, if you're bringing your families, it gets you a little bit closer to things like the NASA Space Center, uh, to, to Galveston Beach. We, you know, we tried to. It's a give and take. If you schedule it right by the airport, you're an hour and 45 minutes away from all that stuff. So, um, you know, that was that was a tough decision. But ideally, if we can find a place that's much closer to the airport that has all of those things, that's what we're looking for. So. Cities, and we haven't we haven't really start. I usually don't start doing this until um, after the crazy part of my off season is over and before the season. So we're talking like 
December 20th to January 15th is when I usually do convention planning and finalization. And that's what we're going to be looking for. We basically start with an airport. How expensive is that airport? How accessible is that airport? Right. And then it's all about Google Maps, baby. What's around, right? What do we see? What what are we looking at here? What kind of situation do we have to make this successful? And then it's about calling a hotel and saying, what kind of rate can you give me? Mm. Be charging people $150 a night. I can't, I, if that's the best you can do for me, then you're out. I can't do it, right? It's just, it's too expensive. People are already paying enough for a plane ticket food and all that other stuff so um you know that so i think for me in about a few weeks time google maps in it go to those you know go to those airports see what's up go to those uh zoom in you know on that area what do we have what does it have to offer um and uh you know pick it from there and if people are listening to this conversation and they're like because I got enough to do. So if you think that you got it some cool place, then let me know because I can make a couple phone calls and we can have our convention. So um, I don't mind at all. If you have suggestions, don't send me. Come to uh, come to Kansas City. Why? Why? I don't. I don't know why. Like I know you want me to come there, but what does it have to offer? Like you know, do your best sales pitch. So if you know of a place, you know something that might work, please send it to me. Do not bombard me with the city of choice. I know that you all want the convention to be close. I want to be close to all of you, but you are also spread out. If you all just lived in the same town, then I wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> it's y'all's fault that you live all over the place. So I try my best. And, and hopefully, hopefully, Ashley, with COVID trying to pass, trying to get past COVID, we can get, we can break a hundred because we should have broken a hundred in Houston, but the airlines oh, were just dealing yes. with all their mess. Crazy. And we still had some COVID issues, you know, with, with, with everyone. And hopefully we can crack a hundred because we should have had it and I'll take it to the grave. Man, I'm really, we're going to get it. We're going to get 100 people at this event. It's going to be awesome. And the airlines are really, yeah, that was a rough weekend. That was, was just that was very that was just unlucky. There's nothing we could do about that. It's just very unlucky. They decided to strike on a weekend. We decided to do this. You know what was what are the odds of that happening? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, let's that's logistics. That's what makes all this stuff so so difficult. And by the way, I'm wearing my Sector Six jacket tonight. Black Friday sales, holiday sales going on with Sector Six. Make sure to check that out. Support your team. Support the league if you want a jacket like this. Right. But most importantly. Um, you know, re-sign, sign with someone in free agency, keep me in here. I want to keep seeing you on the field. But, you know, if you, if you got Christmas coming up or whatever, I mean, this is my favorite jacket of all time. And I'm not just saying that because it's SFL gear. It's so, um, anyway, I don't hey, like it. Do, do you like pullovers or zip downs? I, I got to have a full zip down jacket. I hate the pullover feeling where all your clothes get stuck when you're trying to take it off and it's I mean to mess to not mess up my afro I mm, guess I need that yeah down, you know yeah you need to zip down that's right yeah you're not gonna be pulling much over that afro <laughs> you know how long it's been since I wore a hat brother it's been a long time 
Now, now I thought didn't didn't you get rid of the fro at one point? I braided it. You braided okay, so you braided it. Yeah. But you didn't you didn't cut. See, I thought there for a minute that you would that you would cut it, and I was like, oh, I guess that's the end of that. But but no. Okay. No, it depends. I mean, I push if I push this all the way up, then it makes like a smaller bun. If I I don't know anything about hair. I don't know about you can well, tell. But I don't know you know, we'll we'll get together. We'll get together. <laughs> <laughs> but Cam, this was really good stuff. You know, and I try to ask the questions that people may not think to ask 